Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. It's Trey Smith. And it's Brandon Holmes. Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. The week of almost just happened. Man. The week of almost. There's a lot of almost happening there. There was a lot of almost happening in week eight. You know, it really wasn't even like that great of a weekend of college football. It was the weekend of, it was almost right a great weekend of college football yes um not that we didn't have some good games and things like that and some nail biters and some potential upsets but you know i mean as we you know go through every week our cfp plus two mine hasn't changed a whole lot it has changed some since last week but we're just kind of at that part in the season where uh, at least this weekend where everything kind of just sort of stayed pat but Next weekend we'll get to that. Next but week's next weekend crazy. we got some <laughs> we got, we got some, some good ones. Next weekend, <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah, it was it was a pretty, eh, you know, pretty man. We and I had to work at a big event at work. Um, and I mean I'm a fanatic. I was actually in the back in the production room. People don't know you, so we're running an event. <laughs> I'm in the production room, and I'm keeping like the uh, the screen up so I can watch the production. But on the other side, I got like Michigan. Then I have the Oklahoma game. Completely, you know, just multitasking, bro. Multitasking. Oh yeah. Well, I had my seven-year-old daughter's birthday party on Saturday. Thankfully, we were at a venue that had like every game being broadcast all over the place. And once we got all those kids out playing on the arcades, I just sat there and watched the little college football. So I, uh, that worked out. It worked out for me. But I don't know, B, what do you think? You want to just get into CFP plus two and see where this thing takes us? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're at first. I went first last week. So I mentioned that I didn't change mine a whole lot. Yeah. I did keep the same format. I got a couple good pieces of feedback that they kind of liked how I did that. Mm-hmm. Where if you remember, I did the matchup for the one seed, matchup for the two seed, matchup for the three seed, four seed, and then yep. my my most of these are unchanged. I still have Georgia versus Bama for that one seed. Mm. I still think that that's the two best teams. Even though once again, Bama did show. They can be beat. As you put several weeks ago, some chinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. But then we talked about the week after. You got Nick Saban where everything we just saw last weekend. It gets cleaned up fast. It's going to get cleaned up fast. But shout out to Tennessee, though. I mean, they came they out. great. And they came out like they were playing to win. They, they were. weren't playing to just keep it close. They weren't playing to just keep it competitive. Like they were playing like, let's play to win. And, you know, you could go either way. After last week with Ole Miss and all the drama that ensued and some of the bad press they got, even though it wasn't their team, but their fan base. And I thought that they responded really well to all of that and went in and played one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, almost beat them. Because now we know someone's beating Bama. Bama. (laughs) So, like, so anyways, Georgia-Bama for that one seed. Uh, My two seed, this is when I, I changed a little bit. Um, unfortunately, I didn't want to have to change this one, but I did. Uh, I've got OU versus Cincy for the okay. two seed. I don't know. Now that I'm looking at this, I think I want to make that my game for the three seed. So OU versus Cincy for the three seed, and my two seed is Michigan versus Michigan State, Ooh. which we actually get to see. This weekend, Halloween on Saturday. Um, and then my four seed, I put them in the Wake Forest Demon Deacons Mm. 
I'll be talking about that game here in a second when we get to our uh, bold predictions, but I got Wake Forest, and here's why. Do I think they're the number four best team in the country? No. Right. But you know what? They're in a Power 5 conference. Mm-hmm. They're undefeated. They've beaten every team that's been put in front of them. Mm-hmm. If you look at a team like Clemson, if Clemson was 7-0 and right now, they'd probably be number one or number two. Oh, definitely. So, well, I guess they definitely would be number one be- because probably they because Georgia. they would have beaten Georgia. Yeah, they would have so, been number one. But I, I got Ole Miss uh, against Wake Forest for that four spot. Um, and then that last last game in, I got Ohio State versus A&M. Here's the domino. Well, this Ohio, this Ohio State A&M game mm-hmm. or, or potential plan I have, there's two twofold here. One, I actually think Ohio State's going to be the four seed possibly in the actual college football playoff. I have this weird feeling that they're going to run the table, win the Big Ten, and get in. Yeah. I hope with everything in me that I'm wrong. Like I said, I'm not making that as a prediction. I'm just saying that's a feeling I have. Yep. Hopefully they lose this weekend to Penn State. But <laughs> talk about them in a minute as well. <laughs> right. Um, so we've got uh that Ohio State. Oh, and then for AM, here's the domino that I would love to see fall. Okay. Auburn beating Bama in the Iron Bowl. Ooh. Because then Auburn would have the tiebreaker over Alabama. Mm-hmm. A&M would have the tiebreaker over Alabama. Mm. And then I guess at that point, the SEC West would be decided by A&M and Auburn. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't mind, even as a Razorback fan, just to see something different. I'm not an Aggie fan. I don't like the Aggies. I get the opportunity to do uh, recap videos for the Aggies uh, SI website, um, which I do enjoy doing. And as a result of me doing that, I I have watched them more than I probably would have in just a random season. Exactly. I wouldn't mind seeing a scenario where – because I think Auburn upsetting Bama and A&M winning out Oh, Ole Miss. I knew I was forgetting a team. Duh, the, the game of before. It would put Ole Miss and A&M probably as that decider. I just mm-hmm. think it would really like... It would add know, some kinda, parody to the to Yeah, the it'd throw a wrench in some things. I, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing Ole Miss or A&M playing in the SEC Championship. I think that's two teams that have never played in the SEC Championship. TV. Um, and And... See how either one of them stack up against Georgia. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that. I could see that. I mean, obviously, I do mine's a little bit traditional. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like since we've been doing this segment, I try to do it according to how, like, the board would do it. And I'm going to do it right. based upon how I want to do it. Like, that's right. So right. I'm going to switch it up. Um, so, obviously, I still think the number one team in the country is Georgia um, right now. Um I'm going to say this. I hate saying this. Um, I, I I really don't want to put these guys there, but I would say no, number two is Ohio State. Do I think they're the second best team in the country? Not necessarily. And here's why. I think we're going to find out. I, I I don't know what Penn State's going to do this week. I'm really shocked they laid the dud they did this weekend. But um, I'm also like everyone's on the Ohio State train. I'm like, guys, they just played Akron, Maryland, Indiana. Take that with a grain of salt. You know, they're getting ready to get into the thick of things with their schedule. Um, so, but I, I just think based upon that, they are like, I mean, CJ Stroud has scored on a, 156 points on 152 plays. So, um, they're balling. Number number three, I would have Ole Miss, man. I like Ole Miss. Lane is just doing what he's doing. Um, obviously, yep. I cover Ole Miss for Sports Illustrated. So, <laughs> as you watch a lot of AM football, I've watched a lot of Ole Miss football. Right, uh, right. Shout out to Tommy Brooker. We're like texting like I'm an actual Ole Miss fan now. So, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, Matt Corral playing today. Did you see that play? Um, number four, man. I, and I really don't want to say this going into a big week, but I have to. My boys in blue, man, they are looking darn good. They are looking darn good. The running game is strong. The defense is stout. Um, But here's my next two in, and I think this would shock some people. Um, Number five, and and I was on the fence. I was in between some guys. But number five, I'm going to say Pittsburgh. They've been quietly 
I mean, obviously they were in a primetime game this this week playing Clemson, but mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, man, is playing like a dark horse Heisman candidate right now. Mm. He's looking good. Um, enjoyed watching them. Love seeing what they're doing. Um, here's my number six. I think we're going to get a kick out of this one. But I watched these guys. These guys made me a little bit of money this week, too. So I think that's where my bias lies. Um, our good old boys down in Dallas, Texas, SMU, baby. I think they – I would put them at number six. As Let's go. I don't – here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a bold prediction. I like them more than I like Cincinnati. I was like, just about to – I didn't hear – yeah, so I – Because – got them. Yeah, I got – man, because here's what you're supposed to do. If you're this highly ranked Cincinnati – the Navy game should not have been as close as it was. You did not handle business. And every time I've watched SMU this year, Trey, they've mm-hmm. handled business. I mean, they wiped the floor with Tulane this week. And, I mean, I sat there and I watched the entire game. Yeah, and that's that what, thir- Thursday night game. That's what they've been doing, man. And so, I mean, as soon as I saw Cincinnati play, the cl- somebody, uh, it was a great analogy. They're like, Cincinnati has to treat this like Halloween, and they're the house that gives away full-size candy bars and not fun-size. Mm. That's what we need from them. I need full size candy bars every week, man. And they laid, they gave me a fun size Snickers this week, and not even the regular fun size, the little nah, miniatures. Yeah, yeah, the, the minis- you gave yeah, me a miniature yeah, yeah. Snickers, and I need a full on Snickers bar from you every week to take you seriously. And SMU has done it week in, yeah. week out. Sunny Dykes, Tanner Mordecai, the Oklahoma transfer, man, the guys look good. So just to add some parity to the mix, I'd add them as my number six, man. So just to clarify, so you've got Pitt in over undefeated Wake Forest. Yeah, I think I, I do. I do. I do. Um, I watch, And I watched the Wake Forest game. I liked it. I think Pitt, and this is why I think Pitt has the defense to kind of hold them down. I know they got the offense to put up points. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking from overall, overall landscape, I think Wake Forest walks into any game with the big dogs and they probably get steamrolled. I think mm. Pitt at least makes it more of a game. Um, and when you have Kenny Pickett, they're saying right now, is a potential first-round draft pick with how he's looking um, and how he's been playing. And we know college football is all about quarterback play, man. You got the right yeah. guy in there that's balling. They can keep you in just about any game. Um, and, I, and I like Kenny to do that. Well, hopefully we get a, a matchup of those two in the ACC championship game if things keep playing out the way they are. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's a matchup I'd be here for. I mean – Oh, yeah. Really, the ACC championship to this point has been, okay, who's Clemson going to blow out this year? Right. Oh, they're going to blow out Virginia this year. Oh, they're <laughs> right. going to blow out Pitt this year. And it's not—it's really not even worth watching. Well, one, I like different. Like, I like when something's different mm-hmm. as it pertains to a game with high stakes. So, like, a different matchup in the ACC championship will intrigue me. And then, you know, seeing those two teams that, on paper, it should be a good game. Yeah, I think it'd be a great. So, game. um, well, that kind of segues in good to just getting into the weekly recap and my bold prediction because my bold prediction that I actually said twice, I said it for two weeks because I had the week that they were playing mixed, mixed up. up. Yep. But I, those of you that follow us on socials, uh on Instagram at Blue Blood CGT, on TikTok at Blue Blood CGT, which by the way, one of our viral videos kind of started going viral again. Like, <laughs> re-viral again or whatever you want to call it. So our, our followers took another <clears throat> huge bump. You know, jolt or bump, yeah, this week. Um but tune into us there. We always post them up on Saturday mornings. I thought I'd get a little clever. Um and I I found the Flexbone playbook uh, I was trying to picture of the Flexbone playbook <laughs> from the NCAA 14 uh, video game, which, by the way, Brandon, we'll probably have to have a whole This summer series, we need to do a whole series on a it. A whole series, especially when the new one comes out. Like, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't but wait. <laughs> I just put that up as my bold prediction because I had Army over Wake Forest. And let's just be real. Anyone who's ever played NCAA 14, you have at least one dynasty where you either started with Army to build them up, or you at least use that playbook. Right. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this playbook. I'm gonna build a roster tailored to this 
system. Yep. I'm going to go get some big possession receivers. I'm going to get the speed demon right. uh, <laughs> running, running backs. backs. <laughs> I'm going to have a bruiser as my as, as my fullback. fullback. Like he'd always go recruit uh, like a five-star power back and then change his position to fullback. <laughs> so he played, you know, so right. anyone who's ever played that game, you have at least one dynasty in your files where you were using that playbook. It's legendary for NCAA football, 14, or, or any game before then. So here's my question, though. Do they still run that offense? Like, did Army switch to the spread? I didn't watch the game. So did they switch to the spread and I just didn't get the memo? Because last time I checked, <laughs> last time I checked, yeah. the whole purpose of that offense is to control tempo. Now, you can have quick hitters out of it because right. teams nowadays don't know how to defend it. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's an offense that you could get some quick pops, especially um, um, if you're, you're facing a team that's just not ready for it. Right. But the idea behind it is to control the tempo, right. milk the clock. They run the ball 91% of the plays. Like, I looked that stat up. Army runs the ball this season 91% of the time. So... With that being said, how in the world do you give up 70 points when you run the triple option or the wishbone or flexbone or whatever you want to call it, the service academy offense that's built around ball control, clock management, right. and running the ball? And it's not like they couldn't establish their offense because they scored 56 or whatever it right, was. Right, right. How on earth do you give up 70 points? And that... That blew my mind. Um, you've got a top 25 matchup. You're obviously clicking offensively. Mm -hmm. You obviously can't get any stops defensively. The whole point of your offense is to reduce the amount of possessions that are in the game. And so did you happen to watch that game? I watched parts of it. Um, so I actually work with a guy that played at West Point. So, um, okay. so yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, and and it fell in between because it was on during the Michigan game and during the Penn State game. Uh, so it was like I'm trying to click over. Um, yeah, I watched parts of it. It the thing is like I saw the statistics though. Army still held the ball. They had the ball 45 minutes total time of possession. So Wake Forest was just scoring so fast. It was I'm like, pulling it up right now. Yeah. So they still run the flex ball. Like that's still their um their offense. Yeah. They had I mean, I knew that. I mean, you don't you don't have ninety one percent of your plays right. run <laughs> and, and not run that offense. But the thing oh my was gosh. The, the thing is though, because Army played Michigan two years ago. Um was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago they played Michigan. And I watched them. They actually run this flex bone with um with tempo though. So it's not the old school traditional we walk up to the line, we bleed the clock out. Like they actually run the flex bone with like no huddle though. Yeah, but okay. Now I know Navy, I think, does that too. And Navy will even come in and do some zone read as well. So mm -hmm. that must just be a thing they're trying to throw in some wrinkles in. But do you remember when Army played OU like three years almost ago. to the final possession? It was the Kyler Murray yeah, it was year. Three years ago. What I mean, where where was that game plan? It's the same <laughs> staff. It's the same style of players. That I, I, I'm looking at it right now because I'm trying to see. Okay, Wake Forest. Boom, boom, boom. I'm looking to see. Okay, so there was a defensive touchdown in there. Yes, they they ran a pick six back. Uh, Wake Forest the, did one. Okay, so sixty. I just so sixty three points. I just I don't know, man. It was, but you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Army held the ball for forty two minutes. Wake Forest had the ball for seventeen minutes. That's fascinating to me. Seventy points in seventeen minutes. It's crazy. They they scored fast. <laughs> so needless to say, Wake Forest made it into my little yeah. CFP plus two. I was like, I can't, I can't not put them in. Um, but yeah, dude. So that was my one bold prediction for the week. I had a couple that I wrestled around with, but yeah, I wouldn't have won those either because the way those played out. But anyways, that was my bold. What you got, man? I went with um, I was I was going super bold. I was going. I, I picked uh, Clemson over Pitt. Um, which is funny that now Pitt was in my plus two. Um, I just thought, man, 
Clemson, though they haven't been playing well, they still have some talent on the roster. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is typical. Who's the head coach at Pitt? Pratt Narduzzi. Is Narduzzi still there? Narduzzi. Yeah, Narduzzi's yep. still there. I believe the, so. Narduzzi's known for giving up a big game. Um, and so I'm looking at it. They got this hype. They got this momentum. Everyone's talking about Kenny Pickett to be a dark uh, horse Heisman candidate. I'm like, okay, Dabo, you're probably, hopefully you got some confidence. Like, yo, we're not going in. We're not losing this game. And, man, not that they just lose, Trey. They got slaughtered. Like, mm. they got worked to the fact that um the starting quarterback, DJ, I can't pronounce his last name, DJU, that's what I'm going to call him. Yep, he got yep, benched, man. About. He got benched. He got pulled in that game. And my first, this is my first thought. I said, man, Dr. Pepper ain't running no more of those ads for that man. They just <laughs> dropped a, they dropped a bag on DJ, and there will be no more DJ Dr. Pepper ads. But, man, I'm just... I'm disappointed. Um, I mean, like you said, I'm excited for the difference. I'm excited to see new teams win. But, like, this is not the Clemson I'm used to. They just looked flat. They looked like they didn't want to be there. And I, and I'm, it makes me wonder how long is Dabo's lease going to be, though? Because when you've been used to winning that long and then you have yeah. that quick of a turnaround, um, I don't think alumni are going to be too happy with that. I, I've kind of liken Clemson right now to LSU without the drama. Yeah. Where LSU right now, they're a team that they've got the dudes. They got dogs. To come out and beat or compete with anybody in the country. It's just kind of like, who's who's going to show up this week? Right. And, in fact, I wrote an article this morning for uh, um, allhogs.com, uh, uh the Razorback Sports Illustrated page. Yeah. And I was kind of the, the the point of the article was looking at the final four games for the, the Razorbacks and uh sort of measuring their likelihood of getting bowl eligible now that they're one win away after pounding uh Pine Bluff yesterday or Saturday. And um I was talking about LSU going, okay, this is a team that has the roster that could potentially go beat anybody in the country. Right. However, with all the drama that's surrounding their team, with all the Ed O stuff that's going on, Mm -hmm. like they didn't even show up for Ole Miss. Yeah. At least not for a full game. Right. And, uh, and then don't, don't get me wrong. Ole Miss is good. Right. But I'm watching LSU play Ole Miss compared to how Arkansas played Ole Miss. And I'm going a game that I wasn't so sure if we would be able to win this year as an Arkansas fan. Now I'm going, man, we may, and we get them, uh, I believe we get them at home this year. Oh, wow. No, maybe we, maybe that one's on the road. I think it is on the road. Either way, that team that showed up yesterday or didn't show up yesterday, uh, on Saturday, as far as LSU is concerned, you know, kind of got my hopes up a little bit for, for the Razorbacks. But back to your point, I do think that Clemson's kind of in that boat as well. Yeah. Not quite the drama surrounding the program. Maybe you could make a quarterback con- controversy argument for drama yeah. or whatever, but not near what LSU's facing no, right no, now. No, 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 no. And I, I just think it's over for them, man. I, so, I, and then they they lost out on some big recruits, like a a five star kid right out of North Carolina committed to UNC and Mac Brown. Um, mm. So even some of the kids in their own backyard are kind of deciding. Which you know I thought, and this is a whole different conversation, but I thought how Dabo has kind of backed out of some of the conversations regarding um, race in the country was a big hit. And then I also think his comments regarding NIL deals yeah. are going to hurt him. So I think I think Dabo personally has kind of gotten in his own way. And dare I say, because I've, I've never seen him – be this flat maybe he's kind of lost the locker room a little bit the gimmick may be over um because Mm. if i'm a kid if i'm a recruit i'm a big time recruit and clemson's coming to get me but i know and and now these are new days like these kids are they're being recruited in seventh grade so they hear everything they know everything and then they know everybody thanks to the camp circuit and i'm a right i'm a top-notch guy i'm texting some guy i know i met at the camp like yo how's clemson and if this guy's telling me hey man yeah, you know, he's not really big on the NIL thing. He's making it tough. Um, and then some of the other stuff he said. Right. I'm like, yeah, well, if Clemson's recruiting me, that means Saban's recruiting me more than likely. And Saban, like Bryce Young, signed a $1.2 million deal. Um, 
and I'm probably going to win a got better chance of winning the national title. Um, so yeah. I, I think possibly, man, Dabo may have kind of hurt himself with some of the comments he's made over the last couple of years as the game, as the college game landscape is changing drastically. And that wouldn't be a shocker for me. And it's, it's <clears> tough <throat> too, because it's like, you, you want to on some level, like I have great <clears throat> respect for people who just generally speaking, right. right. Who have things that they believe in, have things that they're principled about. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't budge from those things. Mm-hmm. And I think Dabo is, is, you know, he's kind of a spitting image of that. Like he has right. this moral conviction for what he thinks is right. Right. And he does not veer from that. So on one hand, you respect it because there's a consistency there where he doesn't let any outside pressure sway, you know, who he is and what he believes in. I do believe that the, the like the dabble we get in front of the cameras is is the dabo that you get behind closed yeah, doors. I agree. But to your point, where he where it could backfire on him is almost a I don't know if it's a refusal or if it's just a unawareness thing, mm-hmm. whatever words you want to put on it, where there's somewhat of a resistance to evolve with the times right. and even get like more um whether it be educated on certain things or better, better gaining a better understanding of things. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword as far as where I'm at with Dabo, but like, I think you make some quality points there with has all that stuff been building up to the point now where maybe he has lost the locker room. I guess we'll have to see how the season plays out. And uh, you know, cause that's what his brand is. Yeah. He's the all in. Guy, yeah. <laughs> it's all in. You're all in. And so, uh, and who knows, you know, maybe he's got some inside information that Saban's on the way, finally <laughs> riding off into the sunset. And he wants it. to go back to his alma mater. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Doubt too. it. Saban's going to be coaching, I think. We're going to be like, 20 years into this podcast Amen. and like reaching every goal we've set for this thing, <laughs> like totally living in the vision of yeah. it, like raising up a new generation of podcasters on here. Still talking about, I mean, he's like anybody an offensive consultant or something saving this year, <laughs> you know, anybody going to get by him? So, okay. Well, that's bold. Let's, uh, Biggest surprise. Weekend surprise. Yeah, weekend surprise, man. Here's my weekend surprise. Didn't see this coming. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Did not see um, Penn State dropping a dud to, to Illinois in the nine overtime game, which we'll talk about later how we feel about this overtime rule. But, man, I was so – so I'm going to tell you, because I, I was kind of like flipping between the games because I was between that, between Michigan – <clears throat> excuse me, the Army Wake Forest game. And obviously, if Michigan's playing, they're going to get majority of my attention because I'm a Michigan right. fan. Um, and so I, I like kind of look at the score. And so I pull up my ESPN app. I'm like, is Sean Clifford playing? Or is he still hurt? Because my assumption mm. is if the score is so low, he must not be playing. And to find out that he is playing, um, man, it was kind of concerning, especially when they have a big game going into Ohio State next week. And so right. – um. That was really shocking to me to see a, a James Franklin team come in at, I believe, at home and play, uh, that like play as bad as they did. Become man. a victim of a trap. Yeah, game, like it was, it was bad. And so that was my, that was my like biggest surprise. Like, and I'm gonna say this: I think Illinois is like the worst team in the Big Ten. <laughs> like, I, I don't. They've only won like two games all year. Like, so, um, I don't. And and it was just shocking to see that this this Penn State team two weeks ago, if Clifford doesn't get hurt, they beat Iowa. That's a that's a no brainer in my opinion. So to come back, you get your guy back off of a bye week, and I expected some rust, but then you guys go down and lose, like you mm. lose to Illinois, the worst team in the Big Ten. That was just um that was the biggest surprise to me. That was not what I thought was going to happen. I, I kind of had some surprises some other way, and then I would also add on this man. Um, other big surprise. Shout out to my guy Brady Hoke, former uh, Michigan head coach, man. Yeah. Undefeated out there at San Diego San State. San Diego State. Man, Brady's doing great. Um, they're playing mm. good football, man. I actually watched yeah. I actually watched part of that game and and they, they played really awesome. So uh disappointment uh, as far as surprise was like Illinois, but man, the good one was Brady Hoke. And, and they beat Air Force, they correct? Beat, they beat Air yeah. Force, man. So they're seven and zero right now, man. And that's 
that's good to see, man. You know, I, I had love for Brady at Michigan. I just think the the job was too big for him. Mm. Um, but he's a great coach, man. Great coach, phenomenal guy, players coach. Um, so it's good to see the success he's having out there on the West Coast. Um, oh, in his second tenure at San Diego State, this is the second time there. So it's really great mm. to see. Well, my biggest surprise was the, also one of mine was the overtime game, the nine overtimes. But what blew me away was that a nine overtime game <laughs> finished under. Yes. Like, you got to think if you bet over on a game and see that it went into nine overtimes, you're like, oh, I'm good. Right. I'm money. I got that. And then you look <laughs> and go, it went under? Now, I, I understand that basically six of those overtime periods were what? One play a piece or yeah, whatever it is. Like it's stupid. Anyways, but, but, even if, like, let's just say three overtimes. Like, if you see a college football game went into three overtimes, you would think your natural assumption would be, oh, that game must have went over, I right. think. But I was – and when I initially <laughs> saw it, though, I wasn't thinking about the overtime change. Yeah, me neither. Because I didn't really – I watched part of that game because that was on one of the screens, but I, I, I didn't see the overtime, like, progression past the point where they got into the like the one play or yeah. whatever it was so when i initially looked at it, i was like they played nine overtimes and the game didn't go over are yeah. you kidding me <laughs> so that that was but that was still a surprise because even if it was three uh traditional overtimes you'd still think man like yeah. you could go over just in overtime and absolutely the, the game finished 20 to 18 and i think the over under was like 45 Goodness. maybe um I mean, I already talked about it, but Army giving up 70. That was a surprise. Uh, I've got SMU. You've already shouted them out, so I'm not going to say much, but 7-0. I said it last week. It was either last week or the week before. Like I would love nothing more than to see a 10-0 SMU team play a 10-0 Cincinnati team mm -hmm. uh, here in a, in, a, in a few weeks. And to your point, they got some dudes. They got some dudes. And they're playing like – it's not one of those deals where they're scratching and clawing to wins each week. Like right. they're blowing, they're them out. beating teams. They are blowing them out. And uh, there may be a couple players I need to reach out to. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, that we may can get on the pod. Yeah, um, let's do it. And then honestly, bro, I, I threw a And M on here, man. Really? Like they, they've just the their their lid was lifted, so to speak. Um, after that upset over Bama. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been no hangover. There's been no, oh, we. it's like it ignited them. And they yeah. are killing teams since that game. Right. And these next two weeks, okay, they've got Auburn and Ole Miss. And I Oof. think we're really, I think we're like Auburn and Ole Miss several weeks ago would have not have been as worried about this AM team now right. i think the fans and the teams are going okay we better come to play because this aggie team it's a totally different team than what it Absolutely. was four weeks ago so yeah. um shout them out and then i'll just go right into my overrated which just to let everybody know we've kind of tweaked how we're going to phrase this portion it's overrated slash disappointments because you, you don't want to be going overrated yeah eight eight weeks, eight into, weeks into the, the season, season. <laughs> that, that, that's more of like that's more of like early on so as we continue right. to develop this podcast uh we will have either overrated or and or disappointments and bro so <laughs> iowa state you know i'm never gonna skip an opportunity to troll these guys come on ames and girls um what they were they were favored they were favored yeah. in the game this weekend I, by seven points, mm -hmm. I believe. Yes, it was um, And I get it, because what was it? Um, let me go back. Before I make this point, before I decide how strongly I want to emphasize this, I don't know. Now I'm kind of backpedaling because it was a top ten win even though they did start the season in the top 10 but they did get a top 10 win 
I just thought it was funny that they stormed the field after winning a game that they were favored to win. Not that that was weird. <laughs> I did you know, think that was weird. But I also think it's weird that the number eight team in the country is not favored to win a game against an unranked team. So yeah. I guess you could you could play both sides of that coin. Um, but either way, that Oklahoma State losing was very disappointing to me. And mm-hmm. then, I, man, you said this in your surprise, but I was disappointed by Penn State, man. Like, I yeah. really – I really had high hopes for them this season. I thought with how Ohio State dropped that game early that if there was going to be an opportunity in the James Franklin era for them to not win at all, because I at the time, several weeks ago, if you listen, like I, I never really actually thought they would beat Bama or Georgia. Yeah. But I thought this could be the year for them to get into the college football playoff. And really, since that Iowa game, I don't know. They just they're, – they're kind of – kind of tail spinning and it it has me wondering is franklin maybe flirting with usc and or lsu i don't know mm. but i'm starting to wonder if if that might be happening because they're not they're not the same team i don't feel like that they were yeah to start the season yeah one thing you were talking about when you said the um the Oklahoma State game, man. I think they got hosed in that. I don't know if you watched it. I watched it. Oh yeah, the final. I know. Go ahead. I know play. what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I, I and I kept watching it. Um, I have some other interests of why I needed that play to convert. But um, I was uh, as I was watching that, and I see the guy get tackled, and you know the four progress, and I'm looking at because even Reggie Bush and Matt Liner at the end of the Fox Sports were like that play should have been so if you're not if you're listening i'm i'm referring to oklahoma state's fourth down play on fourth and two that they tried to convert to to keep the game going and they were Mm -hmm. ruled short and i think it was a bad spot because when you look at the replay he landed on top of the lineman and then rolled over um and so that was that was really upsetting to me um because i i liked how oklahoma state had the momentum on that drive they were moving i believe they score um, so just to tag on to that, but my, my biggest disappointment, man, um, I, I have two and then, you know, we'll jump over to the true minute drill. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of has to do with college. Well, my one is has to do with is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in how all these, uh, NIL superstars in the beginning of the season are performing. Yeah. I am super disappointed in that. Um, we had high hopes for some of these guys, DJ out at Clemson and Rattler. Spencer Rattler. I mean, Rattler was at an event with Emmett Smith. Um, they did a whole article on it on the athletic. Um, and all these and so I think I'm also disappointed in how these companies didn't do their due diligence. I think what's happening now and how this played out, obviously you're gonna have some trying to figure this out. I think companies are gonna be way more careful with how they choose and who they decide to choose. Um, I think everybody was trying to get in front of it so fast and trying to make the big splash in the NIL market that they didn't really do their due diligence. Um, and these guys, man, who signed these big time deals, I mean, kudos to them. They got the bag <laughs> like they got yeah. the bag and, you know, they're riding the bench, but they got the bag. But I, I, I am a little bit disappointed in that. But my biggest disappointment is why in the world does OU keep winning? I just can't figure <laughs> it out out it is frustrating me so much it's an emotional roller coaster every week trey every week i watch ou every week i think they're about to lose i get excited i get because you know why i want them to lose i'm sick of ou fans in my dms and in my mentions matter of fact they're not in my mentions they're always in my dms like i've said this i think three podcasts ago they don't say anything until they win the freaking game and i don't like that i think that is being a coward of a fan talk your noise yeah, put it on the twitter line yeah talk your noise man timeline put it out there don't wait to the end and then boomer sooner me all yeah. the way through and through don't no, don't delete take down stuff you put up yeah no own it own it we all love our teams passionately so own yourself for the trolling the only time i hear from sooner fans is after the game and it's so annoying and that's disappointing because i really because i was following the when I saw they were losing to Kansas, which we had an immaculate game plan, move the ball, drain the clock, like they were playing to win. Um, 
and shout out to Caleb Williams. I mean, I don't know if you saw that heads up play he made at the end of the game. Because, um, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't see that? No. Oh, my. So it was a controversial play. Wow. You need to, you got to YouTube it. So it's like a fourth down and two. Um, they run a zone read, I believe, or a handoff. Um, the running back is a Brooks, whatever his name is. He's actually short. Kansas stands him up, and Caleb Williams reaches in while they're standing him up and grabs the ball out of his running back's hands and takes off for five yards and gets the first oh, down. Oh, yeah. I just watched it. It's right there on Twitter. Yeah. That was a heads-up play for a true freshman. For a true freshman. Um, and so – but I did think it was cool, man. Kansas did some really um, – I was following the game. Obviously, Twitter's going crazy because no one on Twitter likes OU. Um, they, I think Twitter dislikes OU like we have a beef with uh, Iowa State. But okay. um, I thought it was, Kansas actually opened their gates in the middle of the game. They literally sent a tweet out, and they sent an email to the entire student body. If you're in Lawrence, you don't need a ticket. <laughs> The gates are open. Just come That's to the game. Awesome. And I thought that was just – I know I'm talking about my disappointment, but I really thought that was super cool, man. To me, that's what college sports is all about. Like, Absolutely. you know, if I went to Kansas, I would be like, there's no way I'm going to that game. But if I saw that we were potentially upsetting them – Oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm there. Like, I'm leaving wherever I'm yeah. at on campus, and I'm like, yo, let's go to the game. And so um, I thought that was really cool, man. But I am disappointed that OU just is deciding not to lose, and I'm now disappointed Oklahoma State lost. Because I was really looking forward to an undefeated Bedlam this year. Dude, um, that's what I was saying last week. I was looking forward to a Bedlam of of not just conference championship implications, which it still might have those, right. but uh, playoff implications. Yeah, um, that would have been great, man. So I, I do want to circle back around to something real quick you talked about with the NIL. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we will have to get into this another episode. But, like, I actually did a study. Because when all that first – passed back in gosh was it the summer it was the summer uh, it was the summer i got I, I got into an argument go figure um <laughs> about that and it was actually more centered around when the south lake carroll quarterback chose to forego his senior Queen. year so he could start capitalizing on the nil deals and i just had a point that i don't know how long it's gonna take but eventually what's going to happen is businesses are going to become way more selective with where they choose to invest their money because what they're going to realize is that it is the high, probably the highest risk investment you can make, mm-hmm. basically dumping hundreds of thousands or even in some cases millions of dollars into an 18-year-old who really, in every sense of the word, is unproven. Right. I don't care what you did in high school. Like as it pertains to that type of money, like you're unproven. And I did a whole deep dive because you know how I can yeah, get with like go down researching statistics <laughs> and things. Yeah. And basically <laughs> I did a cert, I, I did a, I did some research studying the top rated recruits going back to 2002. Mm-hmm. It was either 2002 or 2006 because that's what the dude who, uh, Quinn Ewers, that's what he was. Right. He's a top-rated top recruit in the country. Yeah. And basically looked at how each of them fared. The percentage that actually made it to the next level, the percentage that actually like made it to the next level and was productive, and then the percentage that actually like went on to become what you would think the number one recruit in the country would become. And I don't know. It's 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 some interesting numbers that, in my opinion, we're seeing it play out this year right. where – I think businesses start getting a little more selective or the balance is they don't get more selective because all it is, is a legal platform or legal tool that boosters can funnel their money through to get recruits in. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. So anyways, uh, all right, man. Hey, let's get to true minute. Let's get it done, man. True minute. So true minute this week. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Then we're gonna discuss the um the new overtime rules um going on in college football after we just had a I don't know if this is the first ever nine overtime game, but it's the first nine overtime game I've ever seen. It's the first nine overtime game that went under. I know that much. That's for sure. Um Yeah, so due to our little setup here. The sound effects, we can just play them. 
Yeah, we'll enter the sound. Yeah, we'll we'll enter the sound effects in. I mean, everybody knows the drill, right? Yeah. Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you uh, want me to go first? I'm trying to think. Did I go first last week? Um, I don't know. I'll go first. It's fine. Okay. Ready? All right, listen here, guys. This is how I feel about these overtime rules. I hate them. I personally hate them. I don't like them. I don't understand why college football went away from the old system. I thought, and they said they did that. The funny thing is they said they moved away from the old system for player safety to protect somebody from being injured, which is ironic because Arthur Santowski, the quarterback for Illinois, got injured in this overtime uh, play. And then the back of quarterback, Brandon Peters, came in to throw the winning touchdown play. So I think, man, don't dilute the game. Don't ruin it with this one play for a two-point conversion kind of thing. Go back to what we love most, the original overtime rules. I believe they work. I believe they, they're they fair. And I believe it serves college football best. Um, I don't really have much to say about that, but some things aren't worthy of messing with. And I believe that overtime rule should stay exactly the same. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, true minute drill up. All right, I'm going to get into this. uh, And I'm just, before I start the clock, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, like, I'm going to do a name. I I will be doing a name drop on this one. Let's go for it. Uh, Just just because I can. Um, So, and if you've seen me, those of you that are watching the video, if you've seen me looking down, I've got my phone here. I'm just pulling up stats or plays or different things that we're talking about so I can kind of see it in real time. But, all right, I'm starting the clock. Okay, so today, well, first let me say this. I I think I'm kind of indifferent. I think college overtime, I've always preferred to say NFL overtime. but I think I'm indifferent. I think it's kind of a new little wrinkle that you can throw into the game. I'm not crazy about it, but I'm kind of like, whatever. Um, Mike Fisher, who I was at lunch with today, along with a couple other guys. Yes, that's Cowboy Insider Mike Fisher, and that is my uh, big name drop right now. Go follow him at Fish Sports. Go subscribe to his YouTube, uh, Fish Sports. He made a point that, He just didn't feel like it was really the game of football where like playing a one play down, like that's not football. And it really sets teams up that are built in a way to grind you out and like wear you down, sustaining a drive. It really puts them at a disadvantage. Mm. And so I did agree with that point. I thought that was interesting. And my time is up. I actually like that point. That's a great point. Yeah. As far as if you think about it, yeah, like, Teams that from a man ball team like Michigan. I was gonna say take Michigan. Yeah. Like like a one hitter quitter type. Oh, I don't like that at all. Overtime like that does not tailor to a team like Michigan, whereas it does to a team like say Ole Miss or even OU. Right. Um, teams that it's like every play they run, they're like thinking they're gonna score. Right. You know, like that's what their offensive coordinators. That's how they design their playbook is. Every play is a scoring play. So I, I thought it was, that That's was a good point. It's a good point. Well, anyways, so, man. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us. Hey, as always, we're going to do a drop on all our social handles. Trey, where yes. can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Trey Smith. Yo, you can we're also... getting Trey at Instagram, y'all. I'm working hey, on no, it. I got one. Oh, I got one. Yo, I got one. How do I not it's, know that? I would have followed you. Go follow me. It's at It's Trey Smith with an underscore. I don't have a profile pic. I don't have any followers and I don't have any posts, but (laughs) we're going to get this thing rolling. Rome wasn't built in a day. So at it's Trey Smith with an underscore. Come on, let's go. Shout out to your wife, man. Let me see if I have, let me see if I have. You don't have a, you don't have anything there. I'm looking at now. (laughs) I'm your fourth follower. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I got four now at least. Shout out to Trey's wife and probably helping him set that up. I got an alert. Is that you following me? What up? I'm going to follow you back. (laughs) There you go. Hey, guys. Trey is like the most hippest guy who I know who does not use it. But you've always been that way since I've known you. Always. He's just not like. (laughs) I've always kind of been behind the curve. I'm like, hey, man. When I told him we should get a TikTok, he's like, oh, okay, cool. Whatever that is. Like, you know. I mean, well, even back in the day, like, 
you know, those of you that don't know, like B. Holmes and I go back like over a decade ago. Man. We actually worked in student ministry together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this was when Twitter was like bro, the new I way. I remember that. I remember and, that. And Brandon was like, bro, you, you got to get on Twitter. And I was like, I mean, I got this. I was like, I got my Facebook page. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's stressful enough. And then like, I'll, I'll delete my Facebook page. And I remember he finally got me on Twitter. It's like, it's like the same conversations we're having about Instagram right now or the same conversations. You went crazy though. When you finally understood Twitter, you're like, Oh, this is amazing. Why didn't I already have this? (laughs) Then I was like, I just changed my socks. Hashtag, you know, trace tweeting. Whatever. Oh my gosh. I just went to the restroom. Hashtag. I'm on Twitter now. You know, anyways. Oh shoot! Good memories, yeah. Uh, so Trey has an Instagram now, guys. So you can follow him there. You can also yes, follow him on Twitter. Do. Follow me on Twitter at Real B Holmes and on Instagram Brandon Holmes. But follow our Blue Blood CGT on IG. Follow us on TikTok, TikTok as well, guys. Man, we got some cool things. And I'll just go ahead and put this plug in. We may have some very exciting news very shortly mm-hmm. uh, regarding our YouTube situation. Yes. Um, not going to even speak on it right now, but man, if, if things go in the direction, it appears that they're going, we could have a very big announcement with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, be Holmes, it might be a deal where we have to like do something midweek yeah. to really like to push it, it yeah, or whatever, push it. Yeah. Whatever the word would be there. So stay tuned to that. We thank you so much. If you're listening, you are following us, your interactions with us, we love it. Check us out. We've got videos up on all these different, uh, fan nation web pages that are powered by sports illustrated. I've, I've, yo, Trey is killing it. Kudo. Yeah. Hey, come on. Round of applause, man. Trey is out here. Woo! Hey man, he's been publishing mad articles, man. Super proud of you, bro. Super happy for you. And, and, and honestly, uh, just so everyone knows you, you might, uh, start seeing B Holmes, uh, putting out some content from a written standpoint, not just video as well. I mean, we're, we're just, I mean, it's been a fun journey, man. Trying to figure this thing out. Two whole months, two whole (laughs) months. Hey, two whole months. And we've gone viral twice. I don't know. (laughs) Some people wait their whole career to go viral. We just stumbled upon it. So, Hey, but shout out fish sports. I got to shout him out one more time. He's a big time, uh, Cowboys insider. Uh, and he's actually, runs he's like the president of all these sports illustrated pages and yeah he's he's really created a lot of opportunities for brandon and i appreciate it man uh, he believes in the young guns man so thank you guys for all your support we love you guys thank you for joining on this journey with us it's getting more and more exciting as the weeks go by until next week enjoy your wins sulk in your losses and we love you peace Peace. college football i love march madness